coming to you live from Parkview Studios, The Garage. This is The Brothers Catch-Up, a weekly podcast where two brothers come together to catch up. I'm Sal Biazzi. With me, as always, is my brother Frankie. Did I do it all right? I wanted to say my name, too. <laughs> I remembered. I figured you weren't going to remember, and I was like, you know what? I just want to say my own name, but whatever. Um, it's gorgeous out. Right? We got the garage door open. It feels like we're outside because we kind of are. Um, I had an epiphany okay. this week. Actually, like, I kind of think it's been something that's been coming for weeks now, and I think I've touched on it in the last few podcasts, but, like, ah, it's just something over the last few days as, like, World War Three looms and, like, all the old actors are just showing their true colors and all the old, like, the, the good guys are still, like... We're still out there memeing as best we can against these evil militia. <coughs> I just decided. <clears throat> Ooh. Do you have a sunflower seed <clears throat> stuck in your throat? I don't know. I don't know what's going on. <clears throat> I've decided. My voice is gone. Okay, it's back. I've decided that I'm leaning into it, man. Leaning into what? I'm not going to hide. Being or like, a Nazi? No. Being, I'm not going to be ashamed because I'm mad. I'm not going to be nice because it's what you're supposed to do. Well, I mean. I'm not going to, I'm not going to be anything other than who I am and take it or leave it. That's what you get. You're talking about your online persona. Yes. But more about my political ideology. Like, what are we really doing in this moment in time? Are we are we passively observing the end of an era and the transition to a new one? Or are we participants in it? And I'm not going to sit here and be afraid of <coughs> the consequences of being honest in an era where honesty is punished by mob rule. In fact, I'm kind of excited to be on the bad side of such terrible people. So, like, when Mitt Romney came out today and decided, like, he got the wild fucking hair of Mitt Romney's son-of-a-bitch ass to say that Tulsi Gabbard is a traitor. Just, like, lit this fire in my belly. It just made me realize once again that there's no low or standard that the other side of this issue, like if there's a line and we really want to pretend that there's two sides, there's no low they're not willing to sing to. I've been calling Mitt Romney a traitor for eight years. So if we're going to play the traitor game, let's play the traitor game, Mitt Romney. Let's, uh, let's put all of our dirty laundry out on the table and let's decide which side is the side of the traitors. Who's been in government their whole life? Who's done nothing to serve the people their whole life, Mitt Romney? Who's been a carpetbagger, son of a bitch, moving from Massachusetts to Utah so you could stay in fucking politics and get rich off our dime as you could play both sides of the fence as a milquetoast fucking Republican, but actually a Democrat? Your health care bill is the health care bill that we've been enslaved by for the last 12 years. So this is all really, it's just rich. It's just really rich. I'm not embarrassed to be spiteful in my political rhetoric at a moment where the people who are guiding our ship are driving it off the edge of the fucking cliff i am going to be indignant till the end and i'm going to be honest with myself in the world that i live in and i'm not going to have my head in the sand and if that's going to get me banned off Twitter again, or if that's going to mean I can't have an Instagram account, or if that means that my podcast makes some of my friends and family uncomfortable, that's just the consequence that I have to accept of being who I am. And I'm not afraid or ashamed to be who I am. And I never have been. So it was just like all the doubt. Like it's so, there's so much negative energy. In the air. Everywhere you are. I will not be a negative energy in my own headspace and presence. 
And in order to not be negative in my own headspace, I have to be able to say the things I feel need to be said while everyone else is saying the things that they feel need to be said that are so fucking stupid and dangerous. It makes my skin crawl. It makes me want to lash out in fits of rage. So instead of doing that, I will just combat their truth with my truth and my understanding of the world against theirs. That's where I wanted to start today. I've been thinking about this. It's been ruminating in my brain for a while. Uh, I mean, I like it. I like where you're coming from. I like the, the spirit, the fire. Um, the, the, what I would say is when you say the negativity everywhere, I disagree with that. Okay. You live in that space. That's you. Okay. Uh, you me, embrace it. Let me clarify that then. The negativity everywhere in terms of our political and cultural climate. So, like, maybe on an individual level, like, not everywhere. Like Exactly. That's what I mean. I just mean, like, on a, on like a normal level of, like... Actually, there's a lot of... not, But that's what I'm saying. Like, in order to preserve my... Like, I don't feel that, that like, cultural, political negativity when I, like, I go to the gym or if, like... So, I don't know. I don't think it's everywhere. Now, I, I will say, I actually do think it's more prevalent in the real world than it's ever been. Um, yeah, I think that's for sure. It has moved offline, and I'm I'm normally a big person of, like, well, it just is online. It's but not, think about it. You like, s- you go to, like, the gas station. Go, like, go fill up your gas in real life. Well, now there's an actual consequence to it, right? So, you actually feel that. Go to grocery stores. Yeah. I felt it. Dude, I paid $1.67 for one fucking avocado. Who am I, a millionaire? <laughs> I can afford $1.67 avocados? Listen, I fucking love avocados. I buy five a week. You think, I don't care how much you put them for, I'm going to buy them. But guess what? That's insane. It's nuts. 99 cents is my limit. 60 cents would be great. $1.67? <laughs> Where are these avocados coming crazy. from? Apparently, I don't know, Amanda actually told me last couple weeks ago, she was like, do you hear what's going on with the avocados? I was like, <laughs> oh, no, no. what? She was like, Joe Biden's, like, stopping the import of avocados. And I said, what are you talking about? <laughs> so, yeah, something about the cartels, and we're not do- doing deals with the cartels anymore. Well, do you cartels know run the avocado industry. Do you know why? Like, Hold on, I don't wait. care. This has been an interesting topic, because she's not wrong at all. She's 100% right. But interesting thing about the cartels and why they grow a lot of fruit. They transport drugs. In the fruit. In the fruit. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care. Just give me avocados for <laughs> 80 cents. Like, you might accidentally take home a gourd one day and cut it open, and there's, like, a pound of cocaine in that. I want my avocados three for two fifty. That's what I want. Has my mango been pre-sliced open? What is this? So, in terms of, like, it it definitely is more prevalent in the real world now. But I still think, for you specifically, and and I do it too, like, I mean, I'm, I'm every bit as addicted to being on Twitter and online as as the next guy, but I really strive to, like, curate my my thing to, like, I create my own little echo chamber. I know that's probably not good, but I don't care. And when I get into these other threads where, like, I can fight every single person, rarely am I gonna. I just back out and just well, that's keep not, scrolling. And that's not what I'm talking about either. Like, I'm talking about, I'm not, and it's funny. Like, I used to be way more into, like, especially when Reddit was free, or, I guess, because it was never really... Fighting on Reddit was different. So. It was so fun. It was fun. It was so good. Back in, like, the Bernie Sanders era, like, the original run, so much so much fun. But, I'm not even talking about going out of my way to, like, bicker on Twitter anymore, because I don't... I really don't do that all that often. Only when there's something interesting about the person or thing being discussed. Or, like, what? But I am talking about, in my own commentary, so, like, when I'm posting for myself, either on my Twitter, on my Instagram, or whatever, on this space, when I'm talking... You don't care about- I want to be deliberate in what I'm saying in that I can... I have... Even in my personal conversations, like, people always ask me, about political things so they know I'm into politics it's always been like oh what do you think about XYZ and then I would always have an opinion which is I think a fault of mine like I have an opinion about everything but also like I'm not ashamed that I'm 
I keep myself informed and I like it. Like I like current events. Like what do you want me to do? I like politics. I like governance. I like I like civics. Those were my what I was interested in. You like science? You like math? That's like, oh, whatever. But now I hate when people ask me about current events. Like I hate it because like I'm gonna have to give my I want to give my honest opinion and like my to, honest like, opinion you like you is fucking. Like it's like I live on the fucking moon. Well, that that's <laughs> I get that. <clears throat> And I, I, I'm, I'm, what I'm saying is I'm not going to be the one that lives on the moon anymore. I, when people tell me I live on the moon, you live on the fucking moon. You well, live in fucking La La so I, That's what I do. But I do it in a very different way. I get into conversations with people that I know or think, think not <laughs> like so different from me. Yeah. Like you wouldn't know that in my conversation because I'm not going to get into it. I'm just going to be like, yeah, you know, whatever, like, agree, that's okay, and then walk away and go, what a fucking idiot that guy is, because that's just how I am. Um, yeah. And I've always been that way. I'm very agreeable in person. Like, I'm not going to argue, I'm not going to argue with you about Russia's, Motivation. That was the word. The word motivation left my head. That was crazy. Um, we got the birds. Back. I'm not gonna argue. Yeah, I know. I'm not gonna argue about Russia's motivation for this war with you. I don't care what you think because I don't. It's not. A, to be honest, it's not a matter of opinion. Yeah. It's. It's it, kind of just factually based at this point. And if you don't want to agree, okay. You. Can, but that's what we're you're saying, right? It's like you live on the moon. Yeah. I don't live on the moon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So all this stuff with, like, the Zelensky propaganda, like, I was reading Reddit threads of people who went to Ukraine to fight, and, like, TikToks, there were a few TikToks of people from Ukraine, or, like, who've gone from other countries to help. Dude, what's going on in Ukraine is awful, but you have to understand. Like, it's awful from the Russian side. Like, Russia's invasion is, you know, bad. Because when you invade another country, when you when you declare war in another country... Yeah, like, you shouldn't do that. It's bad. Like, you shouldn't do that. <laughs> like, we all know that. Across the board. But what Zelensky's doing in Ukraine is bad. Like, what's happening in Ukraine... Like, he's getting lauded as some kind of hero. He's being mar... Like, it's like a martyr. He's getting mil... I don't know. I want to say millions. We don't know how many people are hurt or killed. But he's costing the lives of people unnecessarily. To preserve nothing. To preserve what? Well, that's... I have issues with Joe Biden. I don't care how many times you say, we're not getting involved in this war, but if he... If a NATO country gets involved, we're coming with everything we got. Okay. Don't like that. Nope. Whatever. Bad. Did and you then, see Estonia And then today? don't come out with a statement like, we, we as the United States will not intervene diplomatically. No, no, no. That's what you should yeah, be doing. Do Your job is to be a diplomat and figure this out. <laughs> but see, here's the thing. He can't because to do that, he would have to give Putin what he wants. And he won't do that. He'd rather... What they want... They... I think... Here's my analysis. This is just my two cents as nobody. So, like, if you're listening to this, you hear this. Is, this isn't necessarily anything true. Just my interpretation of the events as we have them. Based on the facts that I know. So if you know things different, that's fine. But I believe that the United States State Department, Jake Sullivan, Anthony Blinken, I think that they started, this whole initial thing goes back to January, essentially, when they started saying, like, oh, Russia's building up troops and they're planning an invasion. And they were never providing actual intelligence. They were just saying that they're saying these things. And what the Russians and the Ukrainians were both claiming for a really long time, and this is why I was like, there's not going to be an invasion of the Ukraine. Like, it's not actually going to happen. Is that the Ukrainians and the Russians were saying there's been no difference in, like, troop levels on the border. You're just pointing out two bases, like, where Russia has their military all the time. And saying because they're putting, like, more tanks there, that that's an invasion. But that'd be like if the United States brought, like, jets to, to base in Georgia. And they'd be like, well, Me they're threatening Mexico with those. Eh, it might not exactly be like that, you know? Well... Whether or not the State Department legitimately believed their intelligence, which got on to be true because Russia invaded, I don't think they actually thought Russia would invade. I think that they thought by saying Russia was going they to invade, were. they were like playing this great 
strategy game of like, gotcha. Like you're not going to. So do now, it. whether or not Russia and was Putin going goes, to do oh, it yeah? anyway, Putin had been saying to the United States very bluntly, like, "Hey, I want intervention in this part of the Ukraine. I don't want NATO in Ukraine. Give me those guarantees." Feels very simple. It's very. It's almost too simple on that side of it. it Kind of is because then you get into not the denazify versus what's Russian territory, all this stuff. It's none of it's Russian territory, but then you go back to Crimea, a lot of hurt feelings. Point being, when the invasion actually happened, the United States' response was a sloppy, b uncoordinated, c they didn't really have a good strategy to retaliate at all, and now we're seeing kind of the effects of that and like gas prices food prices is spiking even more rapidly than they already were before this war happened but more interesting is what the united states response is now because i'm worried not worried because i know and you know because we're conspiracy theorists that the goal all along has been world war three with russia and china so if world war three russia and china breaks out we won't be surprised because we'll know that that was always what everyone wanted anyway however I'm worried that maybe we're wrong. Maybe that's not the goal, and this is just all incompetence and stupidity. Which we've talked about which before. Which we've said. Like, yeah. maybe that's the thing. Okay. Like, maybe well, they're not evil. They're just That's worse, dumb. because I'm worried that the United States is buying their own propaganda that Russia is losing this war. A war they're clearly not losing, and could win unilaterally at any moment, and clearly, are res- I think, are being pretty restrained in their actions in the Ukraine. Yeah, like, doesn't it feel like... Ukraine is like, from everything you hear in the 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 media lens, is like, oh no, Ukraine's doing a really good job fighting him back. But doesn't it just feel like like a little brother versus a big brother, where like you you think you're like really hitting them, and like it feels like you're really pushing them back, but then like you zoom out and like the big brother's like just has him Dude, holding one arm not, they, and eating an apple with his other hand. It's like they're not like they have they have the capabilities. To take it by force if they really want it. If you're limiting yourself just to the press reporting and Western traditional media outlets of New York Times, CNN, MSNBC, the Washington Post, you would be led to believe that the Ukraine is leading a really valiant defensive campaign against the Russian forces. And And Russia has taken a surprising amount of losses, especially their air force, based on what we know, which isn't very much actual information. Like... Anyone that's telling you they know how many casualties the Russians took, aside from, like, the Russians coming out in a press conference and saying it, and even that number you should be skeptical of because they would probably be trying to lower that number, you should be skeptical of. So, that being said, Russia has taken... All the neo-Nazis in the eastern part have essentially lost their positions, and... A lot of those Nazis were recruited from South South America, especially countries like Brazil, and all of those battalions that were built over the course of since the tw- now this is t- like almost ten years. This is going back to the revolution that we helped build. We armed and funded. We built a Nazi ISIS in Ukraine to fight Russians. We did that. That Russian ISIS of Nazis that was funded and armed mostly by the West, us, the United States, not really the west like it's not like france is really doing it it's it's us they are gone now because russia pretty much obliterated them and the brazilians went back to brazil they fled well we're not staying here navy bases that used to be in eastern ukraine are now russian navy bases so no matter what you're hearing in the west like russia is making gains and like not small gains ukraine doesn't have navy bases to give up you know like russia has planes to spare now, do you think that's what do you like? What do you think that is? Do you think that's do the people at the top do they know that? Well, that's what I'm getting into. Or are they just like they're buying their own propaganda that they've now got transitioned their focus. So at the beginning, they're like, "Shit, this invasion's real." That was just again my amateur analysis. Like this could be 100 percent wrong, but I'm worried that initially, like, "Shit, this invasion's real." Okay, real invasion, good because it's kind of what we wanted. Now we're, we're doing a good job. We can get World War Three. We're killing it too. <laughs> like we're beating Russia with just Ukraine. Yeah. Wait until we all get involved. Yeah, exactly. And now I think they're thinking they could just like get Putin out of Russia. Like it could just be like a smooth, hey, you dic- want it? dictatorship this change is- in Russia. But it's just like 
Do you want to hear my idea? What? All right. Tell me where this. Tell me where this fails. All right. All right. Disband NATO. I'm in. Okay. Disband all treaties. Sure. No one has treaties. No one's allowed to have treaties. We have one world treaty. (laughs) Okay. Everyone has to sign it. You can't go to war. No, you can't go to war. This is not an anti-war treaty. Okay. But there is a process of how it works. All right. And if you if you ban this pro like. The way it works is if you don't go through this process... Everyone in the world can bomb you. Correct. <laughs> open season on your country. Open season on your country. <laughs> your people aren't allowed out. Sorry. No yeah, refugees. Like, you're, like, so remember what, what will happen. All right. So everyone's involved, though. All How many countries in the world? Two... I think there's 197. All right. We'll work with that number, let's say. Uh, everyone's on the board. You could be as small as... I don't know. Whatever the smallest <laughs> country is. As big as Russia. If you would like to go to a war, you can apply for that war. Everyone gets... You need, like, two-thirds approval by the whole... And But... The other thing is, too, like... You don't necessarily have to just apply for war. You could just apply for, like... Hey, Haiti's really been struggling lately. Like, they need help. We want to take over Haiti. And here's what we're willing to offer their people and everything. And then, like... Haiti gets to be like, that actually sounds great. That really help us out. We'll sign over our rights to you, but we're going to get this in return. Like, make it like a sports league. Like, trades and shit. <laughs> we're going to take the prime minister of Canada. Because this ain't working. How wow. we got it set up. That's for sure. I like my idea. Um, And a lot of this was actually sparked because of uh, kind of that similar notion where like government's not working right like and democracy we've said on this podcast is kind of failed i think the people get to vote on it <laughs> well, like democracy. the citizens no 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 that's that's fake to come up i'm saying like <laughs> you know how you have the idea of like just a random drawing for yeah like become Every time an application gets submitted, whether it's for an expansion, a intervention, or a war, every, like so the way that it breaks down is just like based on size of your country. All right, our country is this many people, we get this many people who get a vote. It is just random. It is a random selection of people. And those people get together on like a Zoom call and they're like, "Hey, yes do or we, no? <laughs> should we let these people go to war?" And you're going to have people on that call. I'm going to fuck about those people. You're going to have some people like, absolutely not. And that's that's how you do it. That's world governance. I did Actually, it. Actually, like, let's scale that down for America. Like, let's, let's think of a democracy that works in the 21st century. Could we just get rid of all the government? First of all, did you see the stuff that was making its way around liberal Twitter with Trump saying he wants the president to be able to fire anyone who works in the executive branch of government? No, I didn't see that. That's pretty cool. I it's like the most reasonable thing I think anyone could say. Like it's like, why wouldn't you want why, the president to be able to fire? Well, if I have a whole people in working against me and working against the country, and I can't fire them, what's the point of this? Yeah, job? what's the point of this job? Um, I'll I'll tell you how to. I'll tell you exactly how to to really do governance. Yeah. For like the America, you remember Reddit uh, place? Mm-hmm. That's it. That's it. <laughs> just our place. Like, or Reddit plays Pokemon. Well, just That was Twitch plays Pokemon. Twitch plays Pokemon. Just run the country off of a Twitch stream. Everyone has input at all times. Co- concurrently. <laughs> run the country that way. No, because... No. And nothing will get done. Did you watch really any Twitch t- plays Pokemon? Because I watched hours of it. Nothing gets done. But eventually you get stuff done. <laughs> no, because the way it goes is so many things have to go totally wrong who cares it's the price you pay because what <laughs> happens in the end well in that sense it's kind of what's happening now no that the people aren't involved in that sense because we'll probably get it right eventually that's what i'm saying it's gonna be after nuclear holocaust in world war three it's the price you pay when there's like one billion people left and we look around and be like we have to kind of get bill gates now. no but come on when they were doing the reddit place right and you have these giant groups of people working together to get what they want things worked out it was like hey these people made a Nazi flag, and we don't really want a Nazi flag there. We should go cover that up with uh, this. 
hey, we should go put a Pepe the Frog, like, really big here over this people stuff. Just let people figure it out. That's kind of what's happening. No. The rich people are putting their, yeah, but th- fuck their them. Amazon stores over your happiness. That's my point, though. <laughs> the billionaires are taking their vision of everything and they're putting it right over your dreams. <laughs> Man, it's so nice out. I know, we could do this forever. But I think that's probably enough for today. Well, no, actually, I want to talk about Band of Brothers if we're off of that. Back to World War Two. Yes. I gotta be honest. It's a great show. About many things. Wasn't that show going in 2006? You're just watching it now? 2001. Oh my god. Actually, do you know what? It literally was on during September 11th. Like it aired it, before and it was it on. It aired pr- before 9-11 happened and like they were on episode like four. Kinda, well shit. It's kind of crazy. Um, makes me actually think... That it was planned, but whatever. Um, <laughs> Did they plan nine one? Um, Who would do such a thing? I, I don't. I'm Lassen, listen, Dick Cheney. I'm not a history guy. I'm. I I know about World War Two. I know who was involved. I know the main events. Who the the people in charge at the time? You know, I've heard of Winston Churchill. My point. Is this though? I really didn't know what the war looked like, and cool. I'd imagine that Band of Brothers <laughs> is pretty fucking accurate, considering it's coming from the mouths of the soldiers who were in it. Now, there's probably embellishment, but I didn't realize. Do you right, hear so that? in those, the music. Oh, it's just a car. It's that that was ice cream. Oh. Sometimes you hear the Little League from here. It's really Little cool. League starting up again, man. We can walk over there, watch a game. Um, no, but... So when they, they're dropping in for D-Day... Yeah. And the planes are just getting lit, lit up. the <laughs> fuck up. I was like, did this really happen? <laughs> That's horrifying. The, like... At some point, and also, like, I, as someone who's very, like, anti-war, and, like, my brain almost can't wrap my head around, like, the war. idea of war. War is hell. Because, like, these men are fighting for their country, sure. Like, they have this, their, their pride in their country. But for their lives. But, like, the people you're fighting for are sitting in their fucking mansions not doing a goddamn thing yep. while you're on the front lines fighting another German dude who has a family just like you back at their house and they're fighting for their own country too. Sure, you could say that what they're fighting for is wrong, but how do you know? What do you really know about that person? You know nothing. <laughs> no. It's crazy. You're just fighting another dude with a family. And it's so fucking evident. So there's the one scene, I think it's episode one. Uh, it's Malarkey. Malarkey's like walking in after they land on D-Day. They get everything figured out. And one of the captains has like this captive group of German soldiers. And the one guy like walking by him hears him talking. And it, like he doesn't have a German accent. He says, where are you from? He's like, oh, Portland. He's like, what the fuck are you doing fighting for the Nazis? He goes, my dad took up the call to Aryan Nation. Like, I'm... We had to come back. And I'm like, like you're fighting the dude that you grew up 20 minutes from in this war? Like, all right, sure, that's not the common thing, but it happened. That's, like, it's just, there's another scene where they are, they have no ammunition. They have barely any food. It's freezing cold. They have no winter clothes. And one of the sergeants comes in with, like, a letter from another, like, a higher up in the military. About like, Merry Christmas. It's Christmas Day. And like, Merry Christmas, men. This is what you do this for. It's like, fuck you. Like, who are you to sit and write this letter to me as I fight this bullshit war? Now, listen, World War Two is very. It's not bullshit. Like, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's very hard to separate that aspect of like, why? Well, think about it, man. There was a. There was a Reddit post about a kid who was in a a Russian military missile blew up a barracks where the Ukrainians were training the foreign soldiers that were coming to volunteer. And 
blew up, killed like 30 Ukrainians or whatever, and then all the foreign volunteers, like, realized. They're putting kids on the front line from all across Europe with barely any training. And when the missile goes off, they all run to Poland. Like, when, that I say it, I used to say it, maybe even to you, but I think it, before guns, like, I would go back to sword, sword medieval warfare, like, sieging castles and stuff, like, people are like, oh, it's so brutal, watching someone get stabbed or your limb lopped off, like, do you know what it's like to, have you been to a shooting range? Well, they're like, just hearing the sounds well, I, of modern that, and that's warfare. The thing is, like, World War Two, like, I mean, not nearly as technologically advanced as it is today. And, like, I knew it's a lot of, like, close quarter combat. But, like, it's, like, you're just in a field? Like, why is war always taking place in a field? <laughs> Big open fields that no one wants. It's where you got like, enough room to kill it's each It's like, way. hey, we're in this hole. They're in that hole 200 yards away. They and, want this position. We want that position. And it's like, we're just going to wait it out until one of us kills the other it's nuts it's crazy yeah I wouldn't do it but like Tulsi Gabbard served two tours and Mitt Romney never did anything and neither did any of also, his children the other thing too is like what I find absolutely fascinating about the show that I love like and it's the part of war that I actually think is like really fucking cool so if you've never seen Band of Brothers just follows this this tr- easy company of the 501 Air Airborne. They were the first paratroopers. Yeah, and the main guy is David Schwimmer. Richard, no, <laughs> is Richard Winners, and there is a mission that they go on where they like take out these four heavy machine guns like turrets, and like the way he. Like you, like you're reacting. Like you've been trained on how to like deal with these things, but I don't know. Until you're in war, like you can simulate as much as you want, but hey, yeah. you thought on your feet on how to send people to different positions and how to take over these four turrets with less men. It's fucking impressive. And that dude, like his tra- what he did that day, gets taught in schools, in military schools today, which is really fucking cool. That like. Like, the way we have, like, really smart, like, football coaches who are like, yeah. no, this defense works against this offense. It's like, this guy's probably a really good football coach if he had to be. <laughs> Look at the way he just took down those four turrets. So, I don't know. But I love the show, and it's I think it's a good watch right now. So, if you never watched it, we're in wartime anyway. We are not. The world mm, is getting, getting there. there. Iran bombed one of our consulates. I think it's good preparation. Like if they if I had to get drafted tomorrow, you, now I'm a that little bit band I'm brother. a little bit more on board. Have you ever seen Saving Private Ryan? Uh, once, very long time ago. Roger Maris is in it. What about We Were Soldiers? Once, a very long time ago. Those are good war movies. I think I'm not a big. That thing is, I have, the, the war genre has never really done it for me. Band but, of Brothers, but is, Band of Brothers is like maybe turning me. I might have to go start watching this all war, pretty war shit. Pretty, pretty good war move, war stuff there. I don't know. I'm really into the idea of like, kind of being like a war, not a war hero, but like, <laughs> I want to be a war hero, like a military <laughs> dude, a who's, tactical strategist, like someone who's just like, that's my new. Like thing. you were born, <laughs> like you were born to be like this military genius. Nah, dude. Like Chris Kyle, like American Sniper. Like, that dude's just a really fucking good sniper. Talk about, like, characters in American culture that un- who, that needlessly divide people. Chris Kyle? Yeah. Like, if you say his name in mixed company, like, half the people be like... <gasps> I used to not like him. And then uh, they're like, I don't know oh, why I didn't yeah, like him. Yeah, I love that guy. I don't know why I chose not to like him, but I think it was just because, yeah, like... he's a good guy. I think it was just because, like... Because you thought know. he was a murderous, like, nutshell. I was a Democrat, so I was like, whatever. <laughs> yeah, he's not... Guy. Isn't that crazy, though, that you could be led to believe things about people? But that's another character is, uh, like, George Floyd. Like, as much as we all have really the right to be, like, freak out about George Floyd, 
And the left will be like, literally, he'll put his fucking face on everything. And we could just say that, like, he wasn't the best guy, but also... He definitely shouldn't have been <laughs> murdered by his, police. The video of his death was pretty awful, so... I mean, there's a lot of characters that just aren't... Most people are not either, like, the best or worst people ever. But it is cool <laughs> when... Yeah, when someone's... A when mil- someone's, yeah. like, just happens to f- be forced... Into this thing that they wind up being really proficient in. Yeah. Like, I think that's really cool. Well, there's... I mean, that's the... That's... Like, that dude may have never actually went into the military without the draft, you know? That's the... You know, the propaganda of it, too, though. You only hear the good stories. They show some of the bad stories. (laughs) Dude just being, like, terrified. It's like, if you're scared... You're War's gonna, gonna go bad. Like you're, you're not. Die. You need to be fearless because if you're scared, you're just gonna get shot in the neck. That's what I learned. Everyone who's scared, shot in the neck. You just sit. And you're like, I, I, I don't want to die. Shoot. <laughs> Every time. Every time. You show any fear, you're there's. Neck is it's so funny though because like there's a scene where they're like laying down on one side of a hedge and like, all right, we gotta get through this hedge. First guy goes and, like, crawls through. The other guy stands up to go through, like, walk through the hedge. As soon as he walks through, he's just getting lit up. It's like, well, duh. You should have crawled. You know what I just thought about? What? This Jew harp I'm holding is it's Ukrainian. World War II. I'm so glad I bought these harps when I did because I guarantee you I can't get that. I guarantee you can't even get to that Russian website anymore. If I tried to find that Ukrainian, that Russian you should try it. Jew harp website. Let's play us out. Play us out. I'll play patriotic songs. We're just talking about Panda Brothers. (laughs) I can't even do it. Okay, I don't know. No that was pretty good. <laughs> that was pretty good. <laughs> All right, good night,
was just a test. Oh. Well, no, I already tested. Did we? We don't have a test. No, I tested. But we need a recording. Yeah. So that's now what this is. I figured we could talk about sports. Here? We can talk about sports here. Um, do you want me to not talk about Panda Express here, then? Well, no. What would happen to Panda Express? Underrated. Have you ever been to Panda Criminally Express? underrated. Did you eat it? I ate it. You're on a diet. I am on my diet, but... My diet... Did you get the food... healthy options? No, but my diet food is fried rice. What did you get? So, like... Well, this is what I want to talk about, because Their fried I... rice is pretty good. I didn't get fried rice. I got lo mein, because... Their I... lo mein's average. Their lo mein wasn't good. I didn't like the lo mein part. It was fine. It wasn't bad. It was fine. But, alright, so here's what I want to say about Panda Express. I've only ever had it in a mall. I've never had a standalone Panda Express restaurant. And I think it's criminally underrated. Um, is it good as good as, like, a good Chinese food place? Absolutely not. It's better than most fast food places. But is it... Yes. Like, if... But is it like good? Panda Express makes Subway look like you're going to get stabbed in a back alley. Dude, Panda Express, I mean, their food. It's good. It's delicious. Yeah. I was What I said to uh, the good person Chinese I was food. eating with was, you know, with my diet that I've been on, on the weekends when I've been, like, cheating, I've had fast food here and there. I guess me not having fast food for a while, like, none of them have hit the spot that I'm Panda looking Ex- for. Panda Express hit a spot. But Panda Express, I like their... Uh... The sweet fire chicken. That's what he got. I like the Beijing I, beef. I got the Beijing so, beef, like the Beijing and that beef. might be one of the best, like one of the best things you could get at any Chinese food place. I don't care where. Well, that's it is. what I was gonna say. Like which that I, thing what was they have so over good. Most Chinese food places, like Chinese, it's not like if you get good Chinese, or if you have a place that you go to that has like the dumplings you like, or the lo, or the mushu pork. Of you course, like, it's not gonna be it's as not good. that. But if you get Bad Chinese food, but what it is way better. Be, what it's not going to be yet is like heavy, greasy, gross Chinese food. Well, that's what I liked about their lo mein. Their lo mein was very dry, which for me, someone who's trying to not eat horribly, it feels like just it feels like fast food Chinese in a way that's not greasier. It's weird. It's like that was really good. Yeah, um, it's, I a, for, it's light. I think the PF Chang's runs Panda Express. I think the other thing I got was like a honey sesame. Chicken. Oh, I like that. Like I like string the beans. Chickens, yep. Delicious. It wasn't nearly as good as the Beijing beef. You gotta get the fried rice. But I liked. I liked the peppers. Like they give you like they're like I never get peppers. The yeah, but the only reason yeah, why I get the fried rice great. is like my dinner tonight is literally chicken fried rice that I made. But I gotta say, their their main items are pretty good. Yeah, no, it's really good, and it's cheap, and you get a lot of food, and you can you have the option to get even more. Like you just keep going. I got a plate. Which is two entrees on the side. Oh, that was the other thing I really liked about it. If you want, like... I don't like places that don't have drive throughs because I don't like getting out of my car and going to speak to people face-to-face. But Van Express, I mean, is that might be the most convenient of all of the, like, down-the-line type things. That, 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 out the door. Well, it's, it's kind of like when you go to a, a mall food court and you yeah. have the, you know, what do you want? It's already ready. They didn't have orange chicken. It's not that good. The Which is Beijing why I went beef, with the Beijing sesame. Beef is so much good, better. Well, it was between the the orange chicken and I. I wanted the orange chicken and the Beijing beef, but they didn't have the orange chicken, so I got the sesame chicken. Anyway, that's what I wanted to say about Pan Express. It was really good, and I feel I feel bad for not giving it more of a chance. It's a good. It's a good place to grab food. Two thumbs up from this guy. <laughs> um, oh, you want to talk sports? I like the simultaneous free agency we have going on. It is interesting. They should figure out the baseball NFL. Now, NFL would never, has no reason to ever go for it. Are the like, do- they're not going to move their free agency for baseball. But baseball should figure out how to make their free agency. They should do a lockout every year. Because now, like... You're almost forced to follow baseball free agency just because like NFL free agency is happening. It's all on the it's all on the same Twitter timeline. Oh, baseball so relevant. It is it fun. Like, like baseball is like really important. It is fun. Like <laughs> when I refresh my Twitter right now, it's like it's mostly sports. Yeah, it's and that's much nice. Better. I don't it like feels when it's like before the world ended. When baseball in was in a lockout and NFL free agency wasn't here, ninety percent of my timeline is 
war and politics, which like I, I enjoy that. It's a, there's a reason love why it. I follow it. Love it. Enjoy it. But no, it's downer. But like, can I get more sports on my timeline? Um, but I will say, the Dolphins are already having a better free agency than the Yankees have had in three years. So <laughs> it's been an hour. Golfers are so much. Better. I don't care if they do anything. Just re-signing Agba was so huge to me. That was my number one ask for this offseason. Besides the O-line. I'm trying to see if there's been any... Dude, if we get J.C. Jackson... J.C. Jackson would be cool. One of the linemen that we can get. Yeah, I keep seeing people say, like, you know, J.C. JC Jackson and Xavier Howard would be an amazing one-two. What happens to Byron Jones? Isn't he still under contract? Byron Jones is still on our team, is he, he not? Had a, he had surgery. On what? His ankle. So is he like out next year? Well, he'll be on the team. Then why are like, we not talking about Byron Jones? Well, he's got, he, now he's got to recover from his ankle. He might not be ready for like the start of the year. Like he's a top corner. Yeah, for sure. And he's going to be the third corner. Yeah, but you got to figure... The way this defense operates is sometimes we have like six cornerbacks on the field at a time, so... The more you have, the better. Yeah, I think that I think in that defense you just you would just have three really right, what good are, All right, what are the biggest takeaways so far from MLB free agency and the trading going on? MLB free agency. I like that they're trading because it was really slow to start. I think the biggest move right now is probably the the Braves trade for Olsen. I like that move for the Which, Braves, but I think it's stupid that they didn't keep Freddie, but whatever. So, yeah, that's what – I was kind of interested. I was trying to make write a tweet, but I was driving, and I was like, it's not worth it. Um, I don't understand what the Braves are doing. They haven't made sense in a long time. They just won a World Series. Yeah. That's huge for them. Awesome. Your window is still open because you have a ton of talent on that team who's young. So I understand not – Feeling the need to keep your prospects. Hey, let's trade our prospects. Let's improve now. But, like, you could have just signed Freddie for free, and you're the same team. Yeah. And, and I think good. Freddie Freeman is a better player than Matt Olsen. So, I don't understand it. I'd rather... I, and he's I was, your guy. If I was a Braves fan... I'd be upset. I'd be really upset. Like, I would much... I would rather have rather Freddie, Freddie Freeman. Freeman. Oh, because we don't want to give him six years? I'll give him ten years. He's, he's our guy. Him 30 years he's our guy. Yeah, exactly. I want Freddie Freeman like, in New York... If you're the Mets or any other team who's, like, thinking about signing Aaron Judge if he was a free agent, and you're like, I don't know if I want to give him eight years, I would understand that. But for the Yankees, and the Yankees give him eight years or nine years, well, he's, he's our guy. I want prospect. him. I want him. Give him as long as he wants. I don't care. And then when he's out, Donnie can retire. Which is the exact reason why I don't want Josh Donaldson. See his quote today? What did he say? He said, if you look at the metrics last year, had pretty good numbers all around, so I think I still got something left in the tank. Gotta be honest, though. I think he does, too. Not if that's your quote. If you're old, if, <laughs> if like the thing around you is like, no, I still have I'm something left enough. in the tank, you're not good enough. We did this with Troy Tulowitzki. Now, Josh Donaldson is not Troy Tulowitzki. He's better. No, he's he's more, more in shape. Like he's Holly. younger. But, like, just by the fact that, like, the conversation around you is like, no, I still have something left in the tank is like, like, I'm not going to bank on you to be good. You could gonna, be good. He's going to be like all the other ones that have come and gone. Vernon Wells, Travis Hafner. Like, there's so many guys. And I, and I don't dislike Josh Donaldson. I actually really like Josh Donaldson. I think he's a uh, a freak when it comes to hitting. Like He takes it really seriously. Like He studies it. Maybe he'll have a great year. He knows it. He's a former MVP. Yeah, he's a great player. But like in terms of the trade and this move that the Yankees did, aggravates me because i don't think it does anything to improve the team really like significantly you get a little bit better you're definitely better I, now the the short porch kids were talking about how losing gary was addition by subtraction that, it's that's not such craziness it's not that's so unfair to gary and what he's done for this i get it he's been a poor hitter and you could arguably say his defense isn't great but his defense in areas is really good. In other areas, it's bad. Now, look, he's your guy. You didn't want him. He's gone. He's going to have a career somewhere else. But in the end, like... Yeah. He's, he's going to be a monster for the Twins. 
Yeah, and seeing the pictures today of like Geo and Gary at Twins Camp really, really hurts my heart. Your baby's yelling. Yeah. Alright. I think she's enjoying being outside. What do you got? You got her outside? What are you doing? Oh, it's right here. Oh, we have it. They gave it to me. What is it? Rose! Rose, you want to talk on the podcast? You got a, you got a book? And Say something. these spoons that she'll be able to Ooh, hold herself. Did you nap at all? No. Listeners, if you recognize that voice, that's one half of Tally the Votes, another Survivor podcast. <laughs> and if you're wondering why we haven't had an episode, because Survivor's dead to us. Bro, say something. Did you watch the first Can episode? Can you say, the first episode wow. Here? No. Yes. It hasn't come on yet? No, I mean, it was aired last Wednesday. I didn't watch it. Can you say oh. hi? Hello. Did you hear anything about yeah. it? Yeah. Want to say yeah? Yeah. No, you're putting her on the spot. Did you hear if it was any good? All right, bye, babe. I think it was the exact same thing of last year yeah <laughs> like it's the exact same thing like they didn't go back to the old rules nope they doubled down because they did it back to back so they like they did this whole thing in fact their advertising for the season was like good news these players oh shit these players didn't know anything that happened last year when they were on the island so we got to do it again <laughs> that's like what they said and i was like uh let's not watch i'll skip this season i'll watch next season We'll see how it is. Because, like, next season should be, like, normal. You think? I would hope so. Well, I mean, if I was proven wrong, and I gotta be honest, like, I like to admit when I'm wrong. I was wrong about baseball. They went back. Baseball went backwards, yeah. Some some of the ways. Uh, Do we know any details on this whole ban the shift thing? I don't think it's actually in place for this season. Oh, I thought it was. I think in the minors. I think in the minors... It's being tried out this year. I think the banning the shift thing is going to... Like, what's going to happen if a player... Like, okay, you can still defensively move around. What if someone's, like, blurring the line a little bit? Yeah. No one stops it. The play, play happens. happens. Guy they, makes the out. It's going to be controversial. And they're going to be, like, a review, and it's going to be, like, after a further Reverse review, <laughs> it's a hit. See, I won't like he that. shouldn't... Because, like, I'll, I'll be like on that. your side. No, I'll be on your yeah. side, because I'll say... That's insane. Like, that should never be what baseball That's is. That's gross. But here's the thing. And I could see it getting to a place I where it is that. I don't think banning the shift... Like, I don't like banning the shift, and I don't think it's necessary. But I don't think banning the shift is that big of a deal. Because if you just say, hey, look, we all know what the baseball diamond's supposed to look like and where everyone's supposed to stand. Stand in those spots. That's not that big of a deal. But I don't like the notion that we have to, like, legislate locations where people have to stand. No, I agree. I liked your idea of just, like, their zones. Yeah, like, so, like, the these... first baseman stands from here to here. And, like, the zones can even overlap. Yeah, but, like, a little bit. Like, it just needs to be, like, the general area. Like, the second, like, the third baseman can't be playing in between in right second field. and first. That's like, not where they play. See, I like the idea that you could put, if you wanted to, all eight of your fielders... Or seven of your fielders in right field, if you wanted, to cover right field. I just think it really should be on the hitter to take advantage of that. Now, if modern day hitters really want to say, well, because of analytics and the way we're taught to swing and all these things, I want to hit home runs, so I cannot do it. I think that's the choice that the hitters are making, so fine. But I don't think legislating the fielders is the answer to that. I think... I just think you have to watch shitty baseball because of it. Well, I think it's it's very prevalent on the Yankees, and I don't know how much it is around the league. We get beat league. by the shift constantly. I don't know how prevalent it is around the league, but, I mean, as a Yankee fan who watches Yankee games, I see it all the time. Like, the Yankees are really bad at baseball. We suck at it. Like, baseball's a game. <laughs> it is. Like, a game. it is a game played. On has, the field, not in like, the computers. That has, the like, nerds. these fundamental rules to them that, like, they work. Like, yeah. if you're fast and play really good defense and you pitch well, you're, you're going to win games. Yeah. But, and I understand every sport changes and, and the analytics. Like, analytics are, there's, they're valid. They mean things. But when it turns into just, like, you, you're just playing numbers and, like, hey, if we get you to hit 30 home runs this year, we're going to be successful. It's like, well, no, <laughs> because that guy should be playing shortstop. And instead, he's playing first base. <laughs> like... It's not going to work out in the long run. And I just think, like, overall, baseball has a baseball problem. Yeah. Because players aren't playing baseball. 
They're playing home run derby. They're playing different things. They're playing hit. But I the think ball that's, that's why I think we have to resist the urge to legislate the shift out of the game and let and let the <coughs> game eventually take care of that because I think good players will rise to the top. Like Aaron Judge goes the other way and he's a great player. Yeah, Gary Sanchez Aaron on the other Judge. on the other hand cannot not hit the ball. To third, to third base, yeah. and they know exactly where to put their third base. Now that's the thing about the Yankees too. Like, I don't know what it's like for other teams. Although I do watch a lot of other teams play baseball, and I never notice it the way I notice it for the Yankees, where our hitters hit into the shift more than anyone. We never go against the shift, and our fielding, like our shifts, we're the worst defensive constantly shifting get team. Beat. Like I get that was my biggest. I think the shift costs us more base runners than it. It couldn't possibly save us as many base runners I, as it saves us. I put that on my Twitter last year. Like I'm in favor of banning the shift just to stop the angst <laughs> from shifting, shifting because we're not good at it. Like we put the players in the wrong spot and then like it's a ground ball to shortstop and you and get no like, one's there. you get excited like. <laughs> Way to get out of it. And then it's just like rolling to the that after. That shouldn't like, happen 150 times a year. No, it happens a lot. <laughs> like, so many times you're just watching a game, ground ball to short, you're like, here Routine we go. Routine ground ball oh, should wait. trickle into oh, the outfield. There's no player. And what happens sometimes even in those instances, like it happens so frequently, that, so frequently that routine ground balls will get turned into base hits that our outfield shifts will cost us two, where then it'll, no one's even close to being able to pick the ball up, so it turns into like a double. And like, out <laughs> to shortstop is a triple. It's like insanity. So, like, that's a bad... So, like, if you were a normal human being who's played baseball any time which before to me, now... Which, to me, t- is, like, the reason why... Like, okay, what do... What does a shift prevent, realistically? What does it prevent? You know, the unusual line drive getting scorched... A single? Yeah, up the middle, yeah. What does it give up? Sometimes... Like, when you... when a player, Sometimes a single. When a player really does lay down that bunt, and they can get two out of it... Well, that's two times you were beat now. Because you you were shifting to prevent a runner on first. Now you have a runner on second. It's, it's not worth it. But in the, in the pursuit of turning a hit into an out, you're costing yourselves outs and turning them into hits. It's, like, more demoralizing. Like, if a guy hits a good line drive that scorches past your fielder and he just couldn't get there, you're like, ah. But when a guy hits a slow ground ball that dribbles past your everyone, and, like, there could have been a guy there because normally there is, that hurt. You're like, wow, we should be out of this inning. That, like, affects your psyche. The other thing that always bothers me about the shift, too, is, like, the pitcher never seems on board with it. Like, Yeah, the pitcher's always like, God damn, it's always just in there. The pitcher... I did my job. Like, if it's a lefty hitter, you're stacking the field on the right side. And then the pitcher is still pitching outside to the lefty. And you're like, well, if he just goes the other way with this because he's pitching him away... There's no one over there. And then that happens, and you're like, well, yeah, of course. Of course that was going to happen. I don't know. But normal people, if they were in charge of a baseball team, would look at that and be like, you know what? It isn't really working the way I want it to be working when I'm giving up. I want to own a team so bad. I'd play my guys <laughs> but the-, the exact nine positions they're supposed to play, and I'd do this for like when there's like a lefty up. Do you think... Because they must Take know... Take, like, three steps. They must know the number. Like, and, that, and that's a good point. Like, a ma- it's, there's one thing when a manager says, Hey, Steve, your shortstop or whatever. Scoot. Yeah. And then the ball gets hit and he, like, filled that hole. That's different. Way different. Dude, Changing I, your entire I defensive am lineup. playing <laughs> in my adult baseball league, which, by the way, this year I will keep meticulous stats and I'm going to update it through the podcast. But in my adult baseball league, if there's a righty up, I play second base. I'm shading up the middle. If there's a lefty up, I am shaded that's in the first. That's normal base. That's just me. <laughs> lefty pulls it. I should probably be here. Righty goes the other way with it. Should probably be here. Yeah. Like, that's pretty easy to do. But, like, it's when you get into the craziness of, like, all right, we're going to move the third baseman into this short first base, second base hole. Like, that to me is so but, like, weird. how many times does that shift have to be beaten before you're, like, because they keep track. They're probably like, well, it, it worked all these times. But they must fudge the numbers. Because how many times is it working that if you were in normal defensive alignment, 
you would have had this. You would have had the same exact outcome of an out at first it, base. It has to have a success like 90% rate. Ninety percent. It has to have time. a success rate of like eighty-five percent or better for it to be useful in my brain. Yeah, and I'm assuming that if your normal defensive positioning is probably close to the same, though, is what I'm saying. Well, yeah, like, I mean, like if you're standing in the normal. How many position, times have we seen Cano <laughs> make the play to his left and yeah, pull? just get the ball? Like you can just, you can make that play. You can still make. The well, play. that was that's my whole thing against the shift too. Is like. We've kind of stopped awesome plays from happening with yeah with like they still happen obviously because they're tremendous athletes and they're getting to shit that they don't that they're not perfectly aligned but you're taking away a lot of them where like you should have awesome backhanded plays in the hole or diving stops up the middle but you just don't get them because they're just standing there and it's like <laughs> it was okay. hit right to a guy all right there's an out. Yeah, so I think that's a problem. But, yeah, I mean, it's so hard for me to not just think that, you know, if this were the 1920s, guys would just be lofting. The, like, when we would play wiffle ball in the backyard, not even wiffle ball. Like, I remember playing Little League. But I remember hitting. I I can't agree that just because these pitchers throw harder and faster that now all of a sudden hitters can't hit anymore. It doesn't work. Well, I don't think it's that they can't hit anymore. I just think it's... The lack of approach, like these yeah, these hitters don't have the approach of like, hey, I they're shifting me, and if I get the ball in, I'm gonna hammer it into Speaking the shift approach. and try to hit a home run. But if it's away, I'm taking it the other way. I don't care about the the home run. But I've gotten I've put in some time into Mario Golf. Yeah, and you're pretty good now. I know how to do a lot more stuff. We should take out. We should go shoot eighteen. Let's go take a course. All right, we'll think about it. All right. All right, is that enough here? Yeah, I think so.